Man, I am loving this series. Like, I love this idea of knowing all the names of God and knowing how powerful they are and how, I mean, it just makes me think about this. It's been the best month. Just makes me think again and again and again and again about who he is. And I can call on his name in the sense of healer or in the sense of strength or in the sense of the one who's the king of kings. I mean, that's like almost a hundred names, almost a hundred names, almost a hundred names for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Give it up. Go. It's awesome. Al Pacino, um, Al Pacino is quoted as saying this. They say that we die twice. Once when the last breath leaves our body and once when the last person we know says our name. I think it's pretty incredibly insightful because for all of us, no matter what we achieve, no matter what status or income or salary or retirement or whatever we get, whether we become famous, whether we become a guru on a mountain, there's going to come a day when somebody's going to walk past a tombstone and they're going to go, who's that? Even generations after generations of our children will eventually not speak our name. I mean, it's just the truth. How many of us know our great, 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 great grandfather and talk about him? There's just going to come a day when we will die for that second time. But in the study of this, the fact that he's known as our Alpha and Omega, which means he's the beginning and he's the end, there is one who will never die that second time. He will never die that second time. He is alive. He has risen from the dead. He has defeated death. He is the Alpha and he is the Omega. And, and in the end, Scripture says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. In other words, everybody's going to see him, and it's either going to be a wow moment or a oh gosh moment. But everybody's going to know that he is the Lord. This, is the, this name to me out of the hundred, I just kept picking them. The Alpha and the Omega is just super, super powerful. It means, right, that he's the beginning, he's the end, he's the first, he's the last. He was, he will be. When the Spirit moved over the water at creation and God stood there, the Father, next to him was the Son, Jesus, the Alpha and Omega. He was there at the beginning. This is the classic beginning that we know of, right? This is when time began for us, recorded time, at creation. And he will be there at the end when creation is purified, fixed, and cleansed. But in a greater sense, he is the Alpha and the Omega Regardless of this earth, regardless of us, and regardless of time, he, God, he, Jesus, was the Alpha, and he will be the Omega. In the big sense of things, not just this earth, that's the key. But for us in creation, he was the Alpha, he's the Omega. He was there at the beginning, he says he'll be there at the end, and that all will see him. But in another sense, he had his own beginning and end. He was the beginning. There was a moment where he began to exist on this earth when he was born, this Christmas we celebrate. And then there was an end to when he existed on this earth. And it's after Easter, 40 days after Easter, when he ascended into heaven. Not when he died, not when he rose again, but when he ascended. Then for us, there is Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega, He's the beginning of my belief, and he'll be the one who completes it in the end. And so, he is the Messiah. 
He's the Alpha and the Omega. Before anything was, he was. Whether anyone calls on his name, he will be. In the end, he's going to exist. When there's nothing left, there will be our Messiah, our Savior, the beginning and the end. And, and, and so like I, I was, when, I was, when I was putting this all together in my brain and going like, God, this is so cool, I was kind of like, well, Doug, this is an Easter message, actually. Not like a Christmas message, right? But, but when you think about it, why not celebrate his birth as the alpha of his physical presence on this earth? even though we know that the omega is coming with the ascension. Why not take this whole season? Because that's what he did. He took a season of his grand existence, stepped into flesh to be the visible alpha and omega. So we have this, he's the alpha and omega disregarding the planet, the earth, the universe, or any of creation. We have that he's the alpha and the omega of creation. We have that he's the Alpha and the Omega. He has an Alpha and Omega on this earth. But there's also this idea that he is my Alpha and Omega of, of my faith. And though his name will be spoken in the end, though everyone will see him, there is the possibility that his name will fail to be spoken on this earth. History shows us this. The people of Israel, tremendously blessed by God, led into the land. In fact, they were what? That they were selected, right, to be the, the, the light of God. They were selected to be the messengers of God. They were selected to show the presence of God, the bounty of God for the people who followed, to be the people of God so that the whole earth not could war with them or reject them. They were set aside so the whole earth could know God. Sounds a lot like what he called us to do, didn't it? Go make disciples, be the light of the world, be a city on the hill. But if you don't know the history, the Israelites forgot him. They began to see the prosperity and take it for their own. They began to give themselves their own praise. They saw it as their money, their wealth, their land, their wins, their wars. And they forgot him. They no longer did the sacrifice. They never spoke his name. No one stood at the temple. There's several places in their history where no priest stood on the Sabbath to proclaim the name of God just to the earth, there was not even one of the priests left speaking his name. So it is possible that before he comes back to speak his own name, that we could fall into this trap. And in fact, we are falling into this trap. <laughs> Let's just be honest. As a whole of Christianity... We are far more focused on our stuff. We're far more focused on our success. And I'm not being mean. It's just, it happens. We get immune. We get numb. And we forget. One of my biggest prayers for this entire month has been that we would return to see this. That if we took away all the chairs and all the carpet and all the stuff, that you would still come to stand here or kneel on a hard concrete floor to just simply be in his presence. To gather with other people and go, man, you're, you're God, thank you. And then when he burned the building down, that we would kneel in the ashes. And then when the bank repossessed that, we'd kneel on the road. But that we would gather and proclaim his name. And there is the possibility, historically, that we could fail to do that. And it starts because we so often fail to call his name. I've been reminded of this as I look at these 100 names, and every week I'm reading these scriptures of these 100 names. If you want them, let me know. I'll give you my rough notes. It's incredible to read them, but it's incredibly convicting too. 
Because when is the last time I woke up and stood up and said, good morning. The alpha, the omega of all, the alpha, the omega of all creation, everything I'll hold today, everything I touch, every medicine, every doctor, every counselor, every bit of wisdom, you are the beginning and end of that. It all came from you. You were on this earth. You were the alpha and the omega, and you ascended, and you beat death. How cool I get to go with you, because you are the alpha and omega of my faith. And as Peter says, my salvation will not be complete until you take me there and you finish it. You are my alpha and omega. Let's go face the day. It's just, this, this just name just washes over me and it just inspires me to believe. Now, I've said this again and again. We could all teach about the names of Jesus, but I remember when, as an adult when I wasn't a Christian, when I wasn't saved, and I would sit in the audience and go, I mean, that's great, so you're saying, you're, you're quoting the Bible to prove the Bible, that's just not good science. Like, you, you have to have some objective data. And I'm just going to be honest with you. It is the Spirit of God who will convince you. If any man convinces you, there's another man or woman who can unconvince you. But if Jesus is, if he is the Son of God, if you believe that, if I believe that, if it is true, then he is the Alpha and the Omega, or he's the biggest liar who ever lived. Because he said these words, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, says the Lord. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Now you pair the beginning and the end with the Almighty One, and your day just went even better. Towards a latter chapter is he's making another message in the book of Revelation where he's talking about the end where the omega comes. He says this, I am the alpha and the omega. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. If he is, then he is the alpha and the omega. He is the supreme, the beginning, the end. He was there and he will be there at the end regardless of what this world or you or I or anyone says or does. If Jesus is Jesus, then he is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and Omega. Just to me, it's so incredible. The writer of Hebrews is trying to explain this to me about my faith when he wrote this. Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Right? So he's the Alpha and the Omega, disrespecting this earth and any galaxy or planet. He is the Alpha and the Omega of this earth and all creation. He is the Alpha and the Omega who came for a period of time on this earth, a beginning and an end, the ascension, but he is also, like I said at the beginning, the Alpha and Omega of my faith. And that, I love the way the writer puts it. Jesus, the founder, the Alpha, and perfecter, Omega, of my faith. I have a flawed body. Anybody else? It is prone to temptation. Everything from chocolate ice cream to fried foods to other bad stuff we're not gonna talk about. And I've spent most of my Christianity trying to submit myself to the Holy Spirit and God's truths and apply them to stay safe. Does that make sense? When I get to heaven, my salvation will be complete. Peter said, I will receive a new body, a heavenly body that is incorruptible. That means it cannot be tempted, it cannot be ruined, I can't mess it up. That is the completion of my faith. He is the founder and he is the completion. When nothing was, he was. When nothing will be, he will be. And today he is my Alpha and Omega. 
And as I looked at the other hundred names, as always, I found some other ones that plug in. One of them, all of them seem to point to the eternal nature of him, but one of them I thought was just so absolutely cool. It's Luke 3, 4 to 6. It says this, John is a voice crying in the wilderness. This is John the Baptist. They were born about the same time, and as they grew up, God sent John ahead to say, the Messiah is coming, okay? So he's a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled. The mountains and hills will be made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the people will see it together. Now this isn't talking about when he was born. This is talking about now he as a roughly 30 year old was beginning for God to say this is my son. The plan now begins. Clearly, all the mountains do not get leveled. Clearly, the curves are not out of the roads. It's a metaphor. It comes from Isaiah. When Isaiah the prophet was telling of this time years later, and Luke is just re-quoting it because he's trying to make the point because they all got it once it happened. Jesus came to make everything easy, everything right, everything simple. And I know that sounds crazy. As complex as life is, it is way better with him than without him. He can straighten roads. He can knock down mountains. He can fill up valleys. We all know that spiritually, metaphorically, and sometimes literally get us over our greatest challenges. But it says that first all that will happen, then the glory of the Lord will be seen. And that doesn't mean like a shining, ooh. It means Jesus. It's a name for Jesus. After all of that, then Jesus will be seen. And certainly that is exactly historically what happened. He also has the name given to him as Mighty God. Comes from another Christmas scripture. Isaiah 9, 6. We've been reading it this whole time. For unto you a child is born. Right? You recognize it? Unto you a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called what? Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Did you get that? Did you get that? Mighty God. See, he's incredible. He is part of the eternal Godhead. He has been here forever he is everlasting he is the ruler he's also called the word and the word is another one of those names we've seen on the screen that entirely encapsulates and supports this john when he's trying to explain to you and me jesus says this in the beginning the word already existed by the way that's a big w that's a name for jesus in the beginning jesus already existed and the word was with god the word was god do you see the majesty he existed in the beginning with God. Say it with me. He is the Alpha. Yeah, so you know, he's not yet. He's just the Alpha right now. He's the Alpha of everything before there was anything. Then when things get created, he's the Alpha. God created everything through Jesus, and nothing was created except through Jesus. The Word gave life to everything that was be created. So where's the beginning of my breath of life? In the Alpha. Jesus. Where, where does the tree come from? Where does he get its life? According to this, if the Bible be the Bible, if Jesus be Jesus, if God be God, through Jesus. This is who he came to worship. This is the one who's on our side. This is the one who's our advocate. The one who stands for us and says, my kid, back off. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. 
the word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The Alpha of creation, the Alpha of salvation. Also wrapped up in this is the name I am. And Joe reminded me, when we were talking about this message, Carrick had a question, and Joe reminded me. He was like, years ago when you did discipleship with me, you, you taught me about this. It was so confusing. And one day I went and looked it up. When you translate I am, a name of God, I am, into Hebrew, or, or from Hebrew, or you do it from Greek, it means the same thing. It means he who was, who is, and who is to come. Now, we just don't have a word that does that. He who was, who is and is to come. Say it with me. He who was and is and is to come. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He is. When he was arguing with the Pharisees in John, John recorded this argument where they were accusing him of things, and they were like, you're not, blah, blah, and Abraham, blah, blah. And they were just going on and on, just trying to disprove Jesus. He made this simple comment, and it got him in a lot of trouble. But these are his words. I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, right, the father of Israel, before Abraham was born, I was. No. Before Abraham was born, what? I am. It's called the, the future perfect tense. I am. I was. I am, I will be. That's his answer to them. Before he was born, I am. This single truth, this single phrase he repeats seven times, talking about how he's the alpha, the omega. He said in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Everything that you need, the bread of light. I am the light of the world, John 8, 12. In the darkness shines a great light, and it's not from Sylvania, it's Jesus. I am the door of the sheep, John 10, 7, the gate. Remember that one from last week, and we go into that pasture where there is no fear. I am the good shepherd who guards your soul, John 10, 11. I am the resurrection and the life, he says in John eleven twenty five. 25. I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. I am the true vine the giver of life, John 15, 1. That's just the ones where he says, I am. By extrapolation, when you get to the Alpha and the Omega and you expand this to the word of God, the point is, is that he was the Alpha and Omega before there was anything he always will be. He is without boundary, without space. He is infinite. Then he created the earth and he became the Alpha of creation and he will be the Omega of creation when it's destroyed, refined, and put back together. Then he came to earth as the alpha, his beginning, his alpha of the time on earth. And then he had his last day on earth when he ascended, the omega. And then there was one day when an old man sat on a stage very quietly and shared very gently the gospel. He didn't sing 18 verses of just as I am. He didn't push us, pressure us, anything. He just explained it. And a mid-20-something-year-old Doug heard it, and Jesus became the alpha of my salvation. And he will be the omega. I am kept safe until the end. He will be with me all the way. He will fix my problems. 
I can go willingly or unwillingly, but he will conform me to the image of Christ. He loves me, not because he hates me. He gave me the Ten Commandments, not to rule me, but to guide me. They're the tender commandments. He gave all the instructions of the word. I have those so that I can apply them and succeed in everything from farming to business to marriage to raising children. He wrote me a beautiful love letter, a book. He even included crazy books like the Song of Solomon that extols the beauty of human love when it's done right rather than with 82 queens. He is the alpha and omega of Doug's salvation. And if you're saved, he's the alpha and omega of yours. Remember what I said about the Israelites. They were set aside to be the true light to the world. They were set aside to carry the message. They were set aside to speak the name every week. They had, he gave them guidelines and rituals to make sure this got done. They were to pray over the people. They were to tell the other nations, come know God. We, we read it a lot of times. They think they went to war. No, they were there to be a light. Remember, when, when Jericho was getting ready to fall, they sent a spy in. And what did Rahab say? We've been terrified for 40 years. Remember, they sent spies into the land who looked over the land. Jericho, the first city, was like, dude, they're like glowing clouds and God and parting seas. If they walk in, we're dead. Then the Israelites, of course, blew it, wandered around for 40 years. 40 years later, the people of Jericho are still terrified. They could have been won instead of destroyed. Israel was the first receptor of the great commandment, go make disciples of all the world and tell them what I've taught you. That was their calling. But they forgot the name. They forgot the task. They forgot the privilege. They forgot the opportunity. And they didn't do it. They just didn't do it. What happens if we do that? He won't die twice because he's beyond all that. He's the alpha and the omega of everything. But his majesty, his grace, the opportunity for people to be blessed could, could die on this earth. If only for a while. I don't want to be responsible for that. This Christmas, if there's any gift that we could give to him, it would be to declare his name, to show up and be present to proclaim, to guard our hearts, to apply his word, to submit to his name, Almighty, as the Alpha and the Omega of our faith, and present ourselves not just present, but pure, passionate about our God. And then as we gather together to participate, to experience the purpose to which he called us. And it wasn't just for us. And the power of what we call the church. What would it be like if he walked in the room this morning to be able to stand proud that we did our best? Oh, I know we'd fall on our feet because we'd be like, oh, wow, he's here. But when he said stand up, to be to know that we could stand up, that he is our Alpha and our Omega, he has secured me. He is all powerful. He is the beginning and the end to proclaim in his presence that single message, you are my beginning and you are my end. What would it be like? We might fulfill our destiny. 
we might achieve his purposes. Um, can you imagine joining him in the Alpha and the Omega? Can you? I don't know. I think if there was any gift we could bring this Christmas, it would just be to, to bring glory to his name, to make his name alive in this community, to not be afraid to pray in the name of Jesus to find a hammer, to not be afraid when somebody at work says, I am hurting, to say, hey, listen, I don't even know if you're a believer, but can I pray over you? Because I'm telling you, my prayers get answered. And don't make it some glorious, oh, Lord, thou God, just like, dude, they're hurting. God, will you help them? And move on. Just leave the word amen out. That's a scary word. Just move on. But, but, but in the name of Jesus, your son who died for us, I mean, you, you saved me. Can you rescue them? And just start tossing out these 99 names of Jesus and let the world know who he is and how powerful he is. What is it like to wake up in the morning and no, he started it, he's going to finish it. He can probably handle me. That just brings hope to my soul. He can probably handle me. And then maybe some of those other names, like Prince of Peace comes in, because I can let it go. The one who was there when it started, and the one who's going to be there when it finishes. We've been talking about doing something big. I don't really know if we want to be a big church. It seems like a real hassle forever to use part of one. Fun worship, but a lot of work. But I want to be less small. Even if we win them and send them somewhere else, how great would it be to see God move in a big way and, and us be like Israel and, and allow him to deliver us as a people? And then let him, like when we face trials, and to part the seas for us and make a way. And then when things are tied and, and, and we're hungry for him to do manna from heaven, even if it's our fault, because that's why they got it, it was their fault. But then one day to step more into the land of promise, to get over ourselves into, what did he say? A land flowing with milk and honey where the grapes were as big as like human heads. And it was huge. How great would it be to be in a land of rest like that? But see, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He already set that as the promise and the destiny that's available. And, and when I read this name, when I read this name, that just blew me away. Do I live as if I am a child of the Alpha and the Omega? Do I live as if my brother is the beginning and the end of everything? We might see the sick get healed, the lame walk. We might get the wisdom of Solomon it's the same God, the same provision, the same call, and the same promise. Because he was there in the beginning, the Alpha, and he will be there in the end. I wonder what would happen if we appealed to this name. Father, thanks. And I got no words. You are worthy to receive glory and honor and praise. You are worthy. Thank you for who you are, God.
Let each of us um, embrace you and become children of the promise from beginning to end of the book of our salvation, of your existence, of this earth. Most high God, Jesus, our Alpha and Omega, we submit ourselves to you just in this silent moment. You are worthy. Bathe us in your presence, God, because we're your kids, because we're enveloped from the beginning to the end. Envelop us, Father, with your grace and your love. Fill us with your spirit unlike ever before in each of our lives. Does anybody know the song, You Are Worthy? Good enough to sing it, to start it? Oh, I wish you did. Father, I pray one day you make me a worship person. He is worthy of all our honor and all our praise. He is worthy. My gifts fail me, Father. But I bow before you and I pray that you see our hearts. Amen. I want to say this to you. For all of you who slumber sometimes in the presence of God, who struggle, I've been there and I get it. And I'm not there anymore. So you can get away from that. Mostly, it just takes a little bit of time to connect with your father because then you won't be tired of anything because you'll be enraptured by him. And if you're sitting in this room and you're not really a true follower of Christ or you're out there on the video land and you're not a real follower of Christ, you've wandered, you're adrift, you're an Israelite, you forgot him. I'm telling you, my invitation to you is just clear today. Jesus is the Messiah, the son who was born to us. And I, I mean, I could try to prove it, but I can't. I can ask him to. And so what I challenge you to do is to ask God to prove himself to you in a loving way because I think he's capable. I see conviction every time I look out and see Jack. The story of how a friend of his pursued him and shared his faith with him through a video 
and apparently it was a wacky video, but the message was clear, and Jack gave his life to Christ. And maybe that was the perfect plan, but somehow I feel negligent of not being part of his alpha. Dear God, if you're here and you don't know him, or you're not walking with him, or you've walked away, I will give anything to be part of your alpha. However I can help. But the one who really started is named Jesus. And all it says is this, I believe. Man, I don't even know what words to pray, but I believe. And I want a better life. I want to be part of your alpha and omega umbrella. If you have any interest in that, anything triggers in you, don't let the enemy dissuade you or work or your friends. Please find me. Find somebody. We would love to tell you the story of a great king born in a manger who little did everyone know was there when the manger was created. 